Hello humans, and welcome to Exposing Isolation. My name is Rebecca Elizabeth Weber, and today is December 21st, 2020. Happy Yule, happy solstice, happy first day of winter, um, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere. And today, um, a little bit later today, I have my second appointment with my new therapist. So uh, I wanted to take this opportunity to sit down and um, kind of brainstorm what it is that I want to talk to her. Um, as a refresher, I've been working with the same therapist for um, 16 months, um, but she went into early labor before we had a chance to kind of wrap up um, in time for her leave. Um, and so um, I was placed with a different therapist last week, um, one that she chose for me. So that um, has been going well. The first um, appointment went really well. Um, but one of the things that's been on my mind is that um, she said that every session that we do, she's going to check in with me um, at the beginning to see um, if I'm um, experiencing any suicidality. And uh, that's been really on my heart, her saying that um, for a couple of reasons. Um, one, and this is, I, I'm sorry that this is so scary and such a big deal, um, but I have been to some degree suicidal um, for most of my life. Um, and so when people ask me um, if I am or... Um, you know, she's going to ask if I am today. Um, I guess I'm just going to have to spend some time unpacking and talking to her about that, which is probably what the session, you know, a good part of the session will be about. Um, it's interesting to me because during this time I had, I'd projected and had been planning to just get more into self-care um, and healthy habits and just progressing forward into my life plans. Um, but of course, I'm probably, I, mean, I know I'm not taking seriously enough um, that suicidality is still part of um, my worst days, but also just sits with me um, most of the time. From a very, very early age, I adopted the opinion, I guess, that it was extremely unfair and selfish of my parents to have had me at all um, because my life there was so much struggle um, and fear and pain um, from the very beginning um, and that I will openly admit that I feel that it is extraordinarily difficult to be a human, to be me. I just, I, I feel overly challenged almost every day um, just to be a person. And I felt that way since I was like four. Um, it was closer to being um, like a teen, maybe closer. I, I, I distinctly remember by the time I was 14, um, I had anxiety, depression, I was suicidal, and I had an eating disorder. Um, so where exactly that all popped up, um, I can only imagine, um, you know, starting to raise Joey when I was nine, just about to turn 10. And then by the time I was 12, being assaulted by my dad for trying to manage my schedule in a way that would work better for me. Um, again, not sexually assaulted, just physically and emotionally, financially assaulted. Um, anyway, I 
<clears throat> these sorts of incidents um, just kept reiterating for me that um, to have me was really selfish. If you weren't planning on keeping me safe and you weren't going to raise me properly, why did you have me in the first place? And um, as I got older and was um, told by my dad that he never loved my mother, um, he just essentially needed somebody to raise my two older sisters, um, which he already had a he already had a baby and a five or six year old when he met my mom. Uh, my mom was the actually worked at the daycare that my oldest sister went to, and that's how my uh, my parents met. Um, they got pregnant before me and miscarried, and then had me in 1990. I'll be 30 um, on Sunday. So I have always had a relationship with the fact that I thought it was really unfair and somewhat cruel that I had to be here. Um, and the sicker I've gotten, and um, the more disabilities I've added up. Um, the more pain, the more um, traumas, the more episodes, it just has, it snowballed um, until my burnout in 2015. Um, and trust me, at that point, I was definitely self-harming and very suicidal. And I think that's when I first, I mean, that's when I first really started using weed um, as a crutch, as a way to like keep myself around, to calm myself down, to get myself to eat. Um, and over the past six years, it's just really been a battle to want to be here um, at all, uh, to try and use my energy and my power that I have to benefit myself has been a daily um, psychological um, transformation. And when I still feel unsafe, when I'm still scared, um, when I get triggered and my trauma gets triggered and... Um, I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel anymore. Um, I don't want to be here anymore. And I, I don't feel guilty or ashamed or afraid or even shy about that. I have been talking about having depression and being anxious and having an eating disorder and being suicidal and self-harming um, publicly for almost a decade. So I think that what Challenge me, challenges me so much about Anthea, my new therapist, um, saying that she's going to ask about it every um, session is that I just don't know what she's going to do. And some people who have never experienced um, chronic mental illness um, think that if you ever feel suicidal, you need to go to the hospital um, right now and get help and, tr and treatment and everything. And um, I'm not a opposed to that happening if it would help, but I just know that they won't because I've already gone to the emergency room. Um, I've already been to hospital um, with my eating disorder. I hadn't eaten a full meal in a week um, and I couldn't move. I was so lethargic and, um, you know, one of this, wow, that story impacts way too much for this episode, but essentially um, a friend told on me to my mom and my mom took me to the emergency room um, where I was met with a doctor that was um, trying to get me, asking me questions to try and get me to admit that I was anorexic or bulimic. And I informed him that my symptoms are most, and he, he was very shocked and kind of almost upset when I said, um, you don't have to ask me all those questions. I will be very forthcoming with you. I'm not actually anorexic. I'm not trying to force myself to be skinny. I just don't eat. Um, probably due to stress. And that by that point, I already knew um, that it was a control problem. 
I was 18 um, at that time. And um, um, he just told me to go home and eat something um, that I just, some people in the world eat, some people in America eat too much, some eat too little. I was eating too little. I needed to eat more. End of conversation, go home. Um, again, this was after four years of struggling with an eating disorder, one that I have not mastered yet. So um, I have had my uh, propensity to undereat um, for a good 16 years now. And um, I am too small and I can barely get myself to eat enough calories every day, even though I try to um, quite uh, a lot. Like I, I try very hard and plan it and organize it very much. Um, I also have a lot of food sensitivities, um, which are somewhat connected to having a stressed out um, digestive system. Um, but also I follow the same diet that I invented for my husband, Thomas, to cure his arthritis when he lost health insurance because we moved to a county that didn't have any doctors. We didn't know that before we moved. We were moving because I burnt out. I got multiple chemical sensitivity and I couldn't be around cities or fragrances or toxins anymore. Um, we didn't know that when we moved, he would lose all his health insurance and we would never again be able to get um, him his arthritis medications. So there's just been, and at that point I was 24 um, and my body had already shut down and I almost had died twice just due to stress. So I'm unpacking all of this because um, I guess in some ways I feel like my desire to not be going through any of this anymore, my desire to um, get out of this contract, as it were, um, I'm not trying to make light of it. It's just, I don't know how else to feel about it other than it's just this thing that is with me all the time. Um, and I don't, I try really hard not to let it take over. I, um, in IFS, what maybe you would call it would be, um, I try not to couple with those parts and I try and listen to them and um, take care of myself, breathing, meditation, smoking weed, uh, distracting myself, eating something, drinking water, listening to music, dancing, um, laying down, stretching. I do everything that I can think of when I get down there to just soothe myself and get back out and then, um, so I do self-soothing in emergencies and self-care every day to prevent emergencies. Um, but I still have the dynamic nature of having um, really bad social anxiety and um, hypervigilance and getting triggered by thinking that something is wrong. Um, on top of all of this, I have a husband who also has complex post-traumatic stress disorder um, and for the record, nobody told me that I had CP. I didn't, nobody told me I had PTSD until I was 26, 27 years old. Um, and because CPTSD is not a recognized mental illness um, based on psychological evaluations in the United States, um, the fact that I really do have CPTSD go outside, goes outside any um, medical professional's ability to officially diagnose me with that condition. Um, so essentially, for a very long time, I've, I've just been under my own uh, medical care. Um, I've worked with 15 therapists. I've been to a dozen doctors um, and none before Liz, my previous therapist, um, had ever made any real progress with me at all. Um, so 
I find the world to be quite terrifying um, as a modern applied cultural anthropologist with a degree in cultural anthropology, history, political science, and economics. Um, I just know that the world is really terrifying and I do my best every day to show gratitude for everything that is working. I try to stay optimistic. I try to not um, let what scares me only scare me. Um, but yeah, having a husband who also has complex post-traumatic stress disorder with um, the main symptom being that if he ever feels challenged, he'll just disassociate. Um, in the past, he would disassociate and get defensive. Um, now he just disassociates and shuts down um, and he's just scared. And so balancing that um, phenomena that doesn't happen as often as it used to, but definitely still comes up with our need to try and make um, difficult adult decisions during a pandemic. Um, when we were both disabled, the, the company that he works for, um, I don't think is going to last much longer. And um, we haven't had any success in turning any of our business ideas into uh, profitable um, well, means of making an, an income. On top of that, we have lived with my grandparents for over four years because we just don't make enough money um, to get a place of our own. Um, and I have no idea how to fix that problem. Um, just really all compound to me needing to use a lot of psychological muscle to convince myself every day that things are okay, that they will get better, um, that you know answers will continue to come up, decisions will continue to get made, um, and life will work out for me, that life will work out for us. Um, there's a lot of reasons not to believe in any of that, and I have to choose to believe it. Um, and so, yeah, today I will be meeting with my new therapist, and we will be talking about um, my suicidality, my suicidal ideation, my desire to opt out sometimes, um, and um, that's going to be a lot. And listening to this, if you did, was probably a lot. And um, yeah, um, I'll catch you on the next one. Bye.